Our scripture passage today is from Paul's letter to the Galatians, chapter 2, verses 15 to 21. Before we read this, let us pause for a moment in prayer. Good and gracious Father, you have given us all good gifts and all good things and every blessing that we possess. And Lord, you have also given us your holy word to guide and direct our steps as we struggle through our faith here in life. Father, we know we can understand none of these things you have written here unless the same spirit that inspired these words would inspire us now. And so, Lord, we come with open hearts and open minds and pray that you would breathe your Holy Spirit out upon us. We ask, Lord, that you would bless these holy words, this holy reading of your holy word. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This is Galatians chapter 2, verses 15 to 21. Listen now to the word of the Lord. We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law no one will be justified. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not, for if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Thanks be to God. When I was a kid, I used to love to look at world maps. I mean, they, they fascinated me. I remember we had as a, this big, long world map, and I would roll that out onto the floor and just sit over it and, and look at all the different countries and how they were arranged and how they were shaped and the oceans and the, and the names of the places. And uh, it was really neat watching it transform, especially growing up uh, during the Cold War and then being old enough to see the difference when the Cold War ended. And looking at that map and seeing East Germany and West Germany changing to Germany and Czechoslovakia went to Czech and the Slovakia. And it was really fascinating watching the changes. But there were a few things that confused me about looking at the map. And, and one of the things I found confusing was the names of some of the countries. And, and you would look at the name and you would think something very specific based on that name only to find out that they didn't stand for that at all. 
let me, let me tell you what I'm talking about. The, the one name that really stands out was a country that goes by this great name of the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. I mean, what a nice sounding place. They're democratic. So obviously they must, must vote and have a system like us. They also call themselves a republic. So, you know, it's got to be some voting representatives that people get to, to lead the nation. And then they say it's the People's Republic. I mean, it's for the people. That's very nice, isn't it? It sounds like a nice place to live, the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. Then I found out that that was North Korea. And it wasn't a nice place at all. In fact, it was a brutal dictatorship. And the name Democratic had nothing, nothing at all to do with how they ran their government. In fact, there are a lot of countries out there that have the name democracy or democratic in their name. I think there's 10 countries right now with democracy and democratic in their name, and none of them are democracies. It's just a name. They just gave themselves the name democracy and democratic. They're not democratic at all. And we find out that you can do this with almost anything. You can give a name to whatever you want and not have any real substance behind it. Like, for instance, you know, you can be a doctor without being an actual doctor. You can get the word doctor in front of your name, and, um, and you're not really a doctor at all. They call it an honorary doctorate. And it's when a school or university wants to honor somebody, they give them a doctorate. And so you can put doctor in front of your name, even though you're not a doctor, you didn't take any courses, you didn't write a dissertation, you didn't have to defend it, but you're given the name doctor. You can also have the name insurance, and not have any insurance at all. He gets a little card. It says insurance on it. And then your, your deductible is so high, you find out it actually doesn't pay for anything at all. You're paying your premiums, but every time you go to the doctor and give him this card, you get nothing for it in return. You've got the name insurance, but you actually don't have any insurance. All this is to say that a name doesn't mean much. You can call yourself whatever you want. That doesn't mean that's who you are or, or what you are. That's just the name that you've decided to attach to yourself. Now, unfortunately, the same principle applies to the name of Christian. You can call yourself a Christian. You can take the name of Christian. You can even be quite proud of the name Christian, but does that make you one? Now, I know that we can get in, into a lot of trouble right here and start asking ourselves what defines a real Christian and what makes us a real Christian because as soon as we do that, we start to turn into a real judgmental frame of mind where we're going to decide who's in and who's out. Who are the real good guys like me and who are the evil, wicked ones that I don't want to have anything to do with? And I'm not, that's not why I'm bringing up the question, but I think it's a very important question because a lot of people grew up in Christian households, baptized when we were infants, made to go to confirmation and uh, accept Christ as our Savior. And we grew up with the name of Christian, and we've not maybe given it a lot of thought of how much that we deserve that name. We were just told we were Christians. Or maybe you did take the name for yourself, but you haven't given it a lot of thought lately, or maybe even too intensely. But it's a question I think a lot of us, or all of us at one point, need to ask. Am I a believer in Christ in just name only? 
Or is there anything that I have in my life that actually backs this up? Or maybe a better way to put the question is this. And this really gets, I think, to the heart of the matter. Am I living by faith or am I just living with faith? Am I living by faith? Are you living by faith or are you just living with faith? And this, this is going to make all the difference in who we are. Living by faith or living with faith. Now as Christians and believers in Jesus Christ, we are called to live by faith, not live with faith. And we get this told to us over and over again in the Bible. It starts all the way back with the, prof- the prophet Habakkuk. The prophet Habakkuk says, my righteous ones will live by faith. Paul quotes this in Romans, the righteous will live by faith. And they say it again in the book of Hebrews, the righteous will live by faith. And Paul picks it up in, the, in his uh, letter to the Corinthians when he says that we as believers in Jesus walk by faith and not by sight. As in the way that we live our lives, we live by the faith that we have in Jesus and not by the things we see or by the way the world tries to get us to conform to live. And we heard it again today in this passage that I read to you from the letter to Galatians when Paul says, I have died, I have been crucified with Christ. Therefore it is I who no longer lives, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, the life I'm living right now, I live, and here we go again, by faith in my Lord who gave himself for me. And so I ask you this question. Are you living by faith? Or are you living just with faith? Now to live with faith means you have faith, but it's not making any impact on your life at all. To live with faith means you believe these things that that every good Christian believes. You believe God exists. You believe Jesus was his son and that he, he came to this earth and he died on the cross and he rose again on the third day. You can even believe and think that it's true that Jesus offers us forgiveness. You can believe and believe it's absolutely true that we're going to be with God in heaven one day. You can believe all these things. You can have these ideas in your head and think this is the way the world works. This is the way God lives. This is what has happened through history. You can believe all these things are true, yet they make no impact on your life. You can believe these things are true, yet they don't change anything at all about you and how you live. That's what it means to live with faith. Living with the knowledge of who God is, living with the knowledge of who Christ is, but it doesn't inform any at all how you live, how you act, or how you treat others. It is entirely possible to live with faith, to live with these beliefs, and you, yet you still will steal and murder and hate. You still refuse to forgive people, still live a selfish life only for yourself, and nobody else. You believe everything that a Christian believes, 
yet it doesn't impact your life at all. That's living with faith. Now, living by faith is entirely different. And at first glance, it looks like that first example. Because living by faith, you also believe all these things we talked about. Believing in God who created the world. Believing in Christ Jesus, His only Son. Dying on the cross, rising to new life, forgiveness of sins. And living with God forever in heaven after we pass from this world. But to live by faith means that these ideas and these beliefs actually make a difference in your life. Well, well I say make a difference in your life, and I think that's, that's an understatement. Because living by faith means that these doctrines, these ideas are actually the most important ideas in your life. They're the most important things that you have in your life. That these ideas and this faith in Jesus actually becomes your life. Living by faith means your faith in Jesus determines how you live. Your faith in Jesus determines how you behave, how you treat other people. It informs how you work, how you raise your family. It even speaks a lot on how you eat, how you dress, how you conduct your relationships with other people. There's a profound difference we're talking about here, living with faith or living by faith. If you're just living with faith, you're living with a belief in God and a belief in Jesus, you can even believe that the Scriptures are perfect, that every word in them is absolutely true, yet the words you read make no impact on your life at all. Whereas to live by faith, that faith becomes the light of your life. That faith is what gives you motivation, it gives you direction, it gives you your instructions on how you are supposed to live. So I ask you this question. Are you living by faith or just living with faith? I think that's what Jesus meant when, when he spoke. And these are some hard words to hear. Because he said, not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only those who do the will of my Father. And Jesus is saying, a name is just a name. And you can even with your mouth say that I am Lord. And call yourself by the name of that. But that doesn't mean that you really belong to me. It's got to make some impact some change in how you live your life. Now, I know, I realize I'm talking to a group of Protestants, right? Presbyterians. And some of you, your Protestant alarms are going off right now. And you're like, hold on a minute. Sounds like he's talking about salvation by works to me. Now, this doesn't sound right. I'm not talking about that, okay? I promise. I'm not saying that there's so, we don't get saved by our works, okay? You do all the good works in the world they're not going to save you. All right? I'm very clear about that. We are saved by the grace of God. Not by our earnings and not by our works. That's not how we're saved. I want to get that clear and out of the way right now. But Scripture does say, it says we're saved by grace, but it says by grace through what? Through faith. We're saved by grace through faith. And if we really believe what we say, 
if we really believe what we say and confess as our faith, it's got to make some sort of impact on how you live your life. And I think that's what the Apostle James meant when he said, faith without works is dead. And that's a a book of the Bible we Presbyterians don't like to talk about. It's the fly in the ointment of grace when he says, faith without works is dead. And what James means by that, if you you got this faith and you're saying you have this faith, yet it makes no impact on your life. It makes no change in you at all. Then can you really be said to have that faith? See, I think the trouble we get into and the confusion comes is when we think once we have faith that everything else just comes automatically. And we say we don't do good works in order to gain grace. We do good works because we already have been given grace. We do good works as an expression of our faith. And, and as we understand that, we start to believe that maybe that what it actually is, is, is becomes once I have my faith, this good works become who I am. And they're just going to happen automatically. Because it's who I am now. I've been saved. I have grace. I've been justified by Jesus. So now these good works will just flow from me as a matter of course. And I don't have to put a lot of thought into them. Or even a lot of work. But what we don't consider is that faith takes work. Faith does. Faith takes work. It's not automatic. It's not going to happen automatically. It requires an effort from you. That's why we hear the Bible over and over again encouraging us about our faith. Because it requires work from us. Over again, encourages not to lose faith because it knows we need to put forth the effort. It warns us to guard our faith because there's so many dangers and threats to our faith. It encourages us to keep the faith because it knows that we can live in ways other than faith. It tells us to be strong and believe. Scripture knows it takes strength in order to believe. Told these things because faith takes work out of us. Faith is a fight sometimes. Faith is a struggle. And our salvation is not about works. It's, I'm not talking about us accomplishing things or, or doing a, a, a certain amount of, of good works. You know, it doesn't matter how many souls you've saved or, or how many hungry people that you have fed. What matters is whether or not You are engaged in the struggle of faith. Whether you engage in the struggle itself to live by faith. And it's hard sometimes. It's hard sometimes because our faith is constantly being challenged by life. It's being challenged by obstacles. It's being challenged by doubts. It's being challenged by fears. It's being challenged by pain and disappointments and griefs. And it takes a lot of work for us to continue to live by faith. But Jesus has made a promise to all who believe in him that if we engage in the struggle, and his words were, if you endure to the end, then you will prevail then you will succeed. Even 
even if you fail at doing good things and doing what's right all the time. Because I'm going to be honest, you're going to fail. I'm going to fail. You're going to stumble. I'm going to stumble. You're going to falter and do what's wrong. I am going to falter and do what's wrong. There'll time, be times also when we might even outright betray our faith. But the only way to fail at living by faith is to give up. It's the only way that we can fail to live by faith is to give up, is to quit and to say there's no point in even putting any kind of effort in this at all. God doesn't care what I do or I don't really believe there's some real right or wrong or you know what, I never get it right anyway. So why should I even bother trying? That's the only real way to fail at faith is to give up on faith. But if we continue in this struggle, if we continue in this struggle of faith, that is living by faith. If you are putting your effort your strength, your mind, and your heart into, into living as God commanded? If you are putting your effort and strength into seeking out His will in your life, if you are putting your strength into glorifying His name, no matter how well you think you're accomplishing this or how well you're doing in this work or that work, if you're putting this effort forward, you are living by faith. It's not automatic. It's not going to happen automatically. It takes some effort from us. It actually, a good way of putting it is it takes practice. It takes a lot of practice from us because living by faith means trusting in God more than we trust in the world around us. And that takes practice. Living by faith means trusting in God more than we trust ourselves. And that definitely takes practice living by faith takes practice it takes effort it takes a lot of stumbling a lot of falling and a lot of picking ourselves up again wiping off the dust and carrying on in faith over these next few weeks in Lent we're going to be talking about how we live by faith and these are all lessons that, that Jesus gave us that teach us how to live by faith. I think it's a perfect time to reflect on this in this season where we celebrate Jesus' journey to the cross, His journey to the grave, His rising to new life, and His offering new life to everyone who would trust in Him. This is our faith. And it can make all the difference in your life, or it can make none at all. What your faith can do in your life is entirely up to you. And it will depend on whether or not you will engage in the great struggle of faith. It will depend on whether or not you will live by the world's ways or by God's ways. Whether you will walk by faith or sight whether you will live by your desire or by God's law, whether you will live for your glory or for God's glory. What your faith can do in your life 
is all up to you. And it all depends on whether you will live by faith or just with faith. May God be the glory forever and ever. Amen.